You're listening to a Sun Life podcast. We pray that you will be blessed by the teaching of God's word. For more information, visit sunlife.org.au. Enjoy the sermon. Hallelujah. Thank you, worship team. Thank you. Thank you. You know, we've, uh, we've been away. We've been away on our um, annual, annual break that we take two, three weeks uh, this time of the year. And it's always a joy to, to come back and be with you and worship the Lord with you. I, 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 I really mean it when I say that um, I, I miss you and there's no place like home. There is no place like coming back uh, with God's people. You are God's people. We are brothers and sisters in the Lord. And uh, it doesn't really matter where I am, whatever context God puts me uh, in, whether I'm away on holidays or preaching away, there is nothing like being with brothers and sisters in the Lord. You know, I, I want to say, you know, just seeing you here this morning um, brings me, uh, can I get a bit of house light? Just a bit of bright so I can see you. Yeah, just, just seeing you and looking down and, and seeing the, the, the new faces and the regular faces, it is such a joy. And I want you to know that the fact that you've made the effort like you've made the effort to uh, get out of bed and drive here to worship the Lord, to be with brothers and sisters and to be a, a testimony of, of God redeeming you and working in you and, and to serve one another and to sit under the word of God, it brings joy to me. You know, as, as a pastor, um, the, the joy is just really seeing people keep following Jesus. That's my joy. To see you uh, be Jesus, to do the things of Jesus, to become who Jesus would be if he were you. That's my joy. And, and one of the things that we do is we come together in corporate worship, to sing together, to remind each other by the grace of God, he's kept us around. We're here because of his kindness, that we get to live in this amazing country, a country of freedom where we get to worship God where we get to lift up the name of Jesus, where we get to encourage one another, how good is God? And so thank you so much for being here. If you are new, if this is your first time at Sun Life Church, because I'm seeing some new faces, I want to say welcome, welcome. My name is Ben, and I'm the pastor here. Welcome, and it's great to have you here. If you're just visiting because you're traveling and visiting this amazing city, I really hope that you have a wonderful time in the city of Perth. It is perfect Perth, right? Uh, if you are looking for a place to call your spiritual home, you know, you, you take your time. You take your time. We are not a pushy church. We're not about um, just getting people to join this community. We're all about just letting you do what is right. But my promise to you as your pastor here, if I am your pastor, is I'll do whatever I can to see you keep following the ways of Jesus, to keep loving Jesus, to have him as your Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. So it is a joy to be here to preach the Word of God to you. Hey, I've got a photo here, not of us away, but just a photo of some Aussies at the beach. Look at the photo. Look at it carefully. What do you notice about the photo? Look carefully. And don't, and don't tell me you, you've located Wally because Wally's not there. <laughs> He's not there. Now look carefully. It's Aussies enjoying a wonderful time at the beach. Now, if I said to you, that this photo was taken at Bondi Beach in Sydney, September 2021. Now think about it. Think about that. I mean, back in September 21, that's during the COVID years. 
where's social distancing? I don't know. I'm pretty sure, I am pretty sure during those years, you and I, we've done a few things that is against the laws of the country. Now, we can confess here, it's okay, it's okay. Maybe some of you, you weren't that 1.5 meter away. You know, for some of you, maybe you went to the beach because you happened to live 5 k's from the beach, when in reality, you live 25 k's from the beach. <laughs> but you managed to make your way down there. I don't know. And maybe for some of you, during those COVID years, you know, you uh, kind of drew an extra red line on the rat because you wanted a seven-day break. I don't know. I mean, I mean I, I'm not pointing fingers. I'm not condemning anyone or judging one. But I can say this, that during those COVID years, I, your pastor, I did a few things where I kind of felt it was against the laws of the country. And this morning, you know, as I wrap up the summer series I want to talk about how sometimes we find it hard to follow God. There's a struggle to follow. And I don't know about you, I don't know whether towards the end of last year, as you reflect on 2023, there are moments where you said, I kind of disobey God. I didn't follow God. I heard God. I know exactly what He wants of me, but I kind of went the opposite direction. And so the passage of study for this morning here will be good old Jonah. Jonah chapter the one verses one to six and maybe right now for some of you your heart is racing because you're like you know I came here hoping for a message of encouragement a message that God loves me a message of grace and forgiveness I've been running away from God I've been running away from God maybe God wants you to be here to hear that it's okay we'll get around this together so we're going to look through Jonah chapter one verses one to six and I want to talk about three things let me tell you what they are the reasons for disobedience, the dangers of disobedience, and the hope in disobedience from the text. And if you have your Bible, this is a great time to get out Jonah chapter 1. If you have the church app, this is also a great time to get out the app. Let me pray and we'll work the text together. Yeah, Father God, I just thank you again that uh, yeah, we get to do this, that we get to worship you. We get to be here brothers and sisters in the Lord, to lift up the name of Jesus. But right now, we get to sit under your word. We get to hear you. So Holy Spirit, I pray now that you speak to us. You be our great teacher. We want to lean into your word, and we want you to speak to us. And not like what James says about looking yourself in the mirror and walking away and forgetting what you look like. We want to be hearers and doers of your word. So whatever it is that you have to say to us, help us to live out as doers of your word. And God, I also pray that you help me as I open up your word of God. Will you use me as your servant? Would you help me speak to your people through me as we study your word together? In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, if you have your Bible, please stay with me to join one. Let me talk about the reason for disobedience. Look in verses 1 to 3. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. Now, Jonah is a prophet, right? The son of Emmetai. He says, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. So here's God saying, I can see the wickedness of these people. It's come before me. But Jonah, what did he do? He ran away from the Lord and he headed to Tarshish. I mean, the word of God is very, very clear. God says, I want you to go east to Nineveh. So where Jonah was, Nineveh was east far east. 
And God says, I want you to preach against them. In other words, I want you to warn them and tell them that what they're doing is wicked and they need to repent and they need to change. But what does Jonah do? He goes west, opposite to Tarshish. You see, Tarshish back then, in Jonah's mind, was the furthest point away from Nineveh. Nineveh is east, Tarshish is west. So in Jonah's mind, if I can go to the furthest city away from Nineveh, I can escape God. And that's, that's him. I'll go away from God and God will not be there. And a lot of us now, as we read through the text, we're wondering why. Why would he do that? Well, we know the answer at the very end of the book. So we go to chapter 4. Look what he says. But to Jonah, it seemed very wrong. You see, God forgave the wicked city of Nineveh. But in Jonah's mind, he says, this is wrong. And he became what? Angry. God, this is wrong. You should destroy them. They're evil. He became angry. And he prayed to the Lord, isn't this what I said? Lord, when I was still at home, this is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious God and a compassionate God. Slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. He says, I knew. I knew you would forgive them. That's the reason why I ran. What's the point? You're a good God. You're a kind God. You're a forgiving God. And that's the reason why I ran away. I know the ending of this. I know better. You see, one of the reasons why we disobey God, like Jonah, is because we think we know better. Already anticipating the outcome of God's will. God, if I do this for you, this will happen to me. And if the outcome is not what I want, I ain't doing it. That's the reason why. For some of us, we struggle to follow the will of God is because we think we know better. We know the ending of the story, therefore we anticipate it. And if we don't like the outcome, we ain't doing it. That's a reason. I'll give you another reason. Is that we'd rather listen to others instead of God. Would you agree? We hear the voice of God, but we don't want to listen to God. We'd rather listen to what is happening on TikTok, what our friends may be saying, what social media is saying. We hear God, but we say, yeah, God, I get it. But I think I'd rather listen to what others are saying. In fact, I'd rather listen to myself. And that's another reason why for some of us, maybe during the course of 2023, you disobeyed God because you said, God, I'd rather listen to fill the blank except you. That's the reality. Number three is that uh, we do not see that God's will is actually for our good. We feel that God is a bit of a joy killer. Is that right? So God, I don't want to obey you because if I obey you, it's actually not going to be good for me. So we do the opposite. God tells us to rest, to slow down, to enjoy him in worship. But we say, no, that's a joy killer. I don't have time to rest. Only the week rests. I work, 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 work. I get double pay on the weekend. Why rest? That's a joy killer. You see, we don't think that when God speaks and we hear God, 
that his intention is for our good. Would you agree? And that's the reason why some of us, we go the opposite direction. Here's a fourth reason why I think sometimes we disobey, is we're just impatient. We're just impatient. Instead of waiting for God's timing, we just go off and do it in our own timing. God tells us, not now, just wait. We say, I want it now. God says, I'll give you someone who will love you, someone who loves me and will love you. But we say, no, I want a partner now. So the first person that makes eye contact with me during the church service, beeline for them. No, we are too impatient and we need to wait. Number five is something we're just, what, afraid. Is that right? We hear God, but we're just afraid. We're afraid of the unknown. We're afraid of what others may say about us when we follow through the will of God. We're afraid of the costs in doing the will of God. And that's the reason why throughout Scripture, you know the phrase, do not fear, appears over 350 times. Here's the reason why, because living in fear will rob us from doing the will of God. If I were to sum up all those five reasons for disobedience, it's this. Listen carefully. We don't trust God. We do not trust God. We'd rather trust ourselves or something other than God. And you know what's very scary? We live in a culture today where we're encouraged to trust our gut instincts. We're encouraged to listen to the cultural philosophers of the day, the so-called social media influencers. You know, the Gen Z, the millennials, now the Gen Alpha, which, which makes up more than 50% of the world population. Statistics are saying that you would rather listen to what the influencers are saying. And I think that's pretty, pretty scary. Because the world says this, if it's good for you, just do it. If you feel that's right, just do it. If your gut tells you to do it, just do it. And I, friends, can I say this? We live in a very dark world. And we need to not always trust what our gut, our heart is saying, but to trust in someone who oversees the entirety of the world, God himself. I'll share you a secret. I, I, I don't like flying on planes at night. I, I don't like it. I feel that sometimes when you fly at night, right, it's like driving your car down south when there's no side lights and for some reason your headlight's gone. It's dark. It's scary. It's dangerous. You can't trust what's ahead of you. You can't even see like two meters in front of you. And that's why when I'm on a plane at night, I get very nervous. And I'm on the plane quite often. And I don't like flying at night. And I'm praying and I'm trusting that these pilots are looking at the navigational devices and not trusting what's ahead of them because it's pitch black. And I'm praying that they're nowhere near mountain ranges, you know? Because when you're flying at night, up could seem down and down could seem up because you have no idea. If you've ever been on a plane at night and you open up the window, you look outside, you know what you're seeing? Nothing. And it's scary. And you place your trust in these pilots and you hope they are trained, right? And they're looking at these devices to know where they're going. And I think that's the same with you and I. 
as the world gets darker and darker and darker. Don't necessarily trust what's before your screen, what's before you, or what you think is right or wrong, young people. Trust in the one who is in control, God himself. And when God says yes, and the world might say no, you trust God and you obey. You know, Abraham, which we know in the Old Testament, God said that he was a man of faith and he trusted God when things did not make any sense. The author of Hebrews would say this about Abraham in chapter 11, verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place where he would later receive as his inheritance, obey, and he went, even though he did not know where he was going. You know the story of Abraham, right? God told him to leave his country and go. Had no idea where he was going. But because he heard God, instead of doing a Jonah and going the opposite direction, he says, God, I'm going. And the Bible says that he would later receive what? His blessing, his inheritance. For some of you, listen carefully. God wants to bless you and use you for his glory and for the good of those around you. And he wants you to go and trust him. And it may seem not right, but as the famous Nike slogan, just do it. Just do it. Don't give yourself excuses. Do not give yourself excuses. Don't say things, well, God, I can't lead. I've never led before. I can't lead others. I can't even lead myself. I can't do that. Don't give yourself excuses. If God says to you, you know, you can put money aside for the poor, don't come up with excuses. God, I can't. I can't even look after myself. I need to save for this and save for that. Everyone's going to Japan. I want to go to Japan. I've got to save. No. If God says give, you give. If God says you should forgive, oh God, you don't understand what they did to me. In fact, God, you know they hurt me. How can I forgive? If God says, forgive, forgive. And if God says, pack your bags and go. Go overseas and be a missionary. Go. You go. Because I believe you'd rather obey God, even when it doesn't make sense. Because there is a blessing for you. And as we obey Him and walk out in faith, I believe that brings glory to God. Yeah, is that okay? There are five reasons And I just hope that for some of you, you're like, yeah, I heard that. I heard that. I'm going to do something different this year. That's an encouragement for you. Let me tell you about the dangers. If you right now are like, yeah, whatever. This is who I am. I like to just do this. Well, let me just give you a couple warnings here. Look at verses 3 in the text as we go back to the text. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and he headed to Tarshish, right? He went down to Joppa, which is a port, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and he sailed for Tarshish to what? Flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. Verse 5, all the sailors were afraid and each cried out to their own God and they threw their cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below the deck where he laid down and he fell into a deep sleep. Did you notice that? Did you notice the language of scripture? Jonah went down to Joppa. He went down to the port. He went down to the ship. He went down to the bottom of the ship to sleep. And if you know your Bible in chapter 2, where did he go? Overboard and down to the sea. 
See, the language of scripture is this, is that going down, down, down portrays the danger of discipline. If you are disobedient to God and as you disobey God, you're going further and further from God and you're going deeper and deeper into the depths of your sin. That's the language of scripture here. And there's a few things that we can see in the text that teach us of the danger. Number one is this, sin will affect the people around us. It will. Look in verse 5 again. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to their own God, and they threw the cargo into the sea to light the ship. The poor sailors, what did they do to God? Nothing. They didn't do anything. They're caught up in this mess because of Jonah's fault. You see? And now they're crying for their lives, and they're praying to the gods, and what are they doing? They're throwing away precious cargo, thinking that would lighten the ship. What are these guys doing? Nothing. But they were affected. One man's disobedience affected the lives of all the people around them. That's what we see right here. Can I say this as your pastor, as your brother in the Lord? And this is not condemning because I don't want to start this year with a message that's heavy like this. But as your pastor, you need to hear this. Is that for some of us here, if you're living in a life of sin, if you're living in a life of sin and you refuse to change and you know it's wrong, because you know it in the Word of God and God's Spirit is speaking to you and you know that the lifestyle is wrong. You've got to stop it. You've got to repent. You've got to turn back to God and you've got to ask God to help you and change this year because if you keep living like that, not only will it destroy you, but it will destroy the people around you and affect those who love you, your family and your friends. Your sin in your life, you must get rid of it. And it's not easy but it starts by saying, I'm wrong and I need to change because if I don't change, it will affect me and those around me. So stop it. Stop it. We may choose our sin, but we cannot choose the consequences of our sin because sometimes the consequences is disastrous. I've been in this church long enough, right? I've been your pastor long enough to know the dangers of sin. I've seen family break up. I've seen relationship torn apart because of a lifestyle of sin. And as your pastor, I'm not finger pointing because I also am on this journey that I need to change and you need to change because I know if I don't change, my sin, my disobedience will affect those around me. That's a danger. I'll give you another danger here is that sometimes our sin, our disobedience, it's hidden from us. We don't see it. You know, there's a danger because you don't see it. It's like Australian Idol. You know, everyone who enters an audition for Australian Idol think that they can sing like Whitney Houston or Lady Gaga, when in reality, they can't sing to save their lives. That's a reality. And we call them what? Blind spot. Because look in, look in the text. What do we notice Jonah doing? He's sleeping away like a little baby. Look in verses 5 and 6 again. But Jonah had gone below deck. Right where he laid down, he fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. You see that? He didn't even know what was going on. He thought that there's no problem running away from God, not realizing that there are consequences. Sometimes our disobedience, there are consequences, there is sin, and we don't even see it. It's hidden from us. We all have blind spots. We all have areas that we need each other to help us. 
There's always a gap between the self we think we present and the way others see us. Would you agree? You think about, say, your facial expression. Your facial expression. Who sees them? Others. Not yourself. You don't see yourself rolling your eyes. Others see you rolling your eyes. Or your tone of voice. Who hears it better? Not you. Others. Have you ever watched yourself on a video? I don't sound like that. That's not me. I don't touch my nose every five seconds. Yeah, that sounds like you. Yeah, that is you. Yes, you do pick your nose every five seconds. So there are all these habits that others can see that we do not see. And they're blind spots. And the things with blind spot is that we will crash into them if we're not careful and we'll hurt ourselves and we'll hurt others. Therefore, we need people who would help us identify what is hidden from us. I'm forever telling you as a church that you've got to be in small groups. You've got to be surrounded by five to ten people who love you, who will actually reveal to you your blind spot and also help you change. Don't be in community where people reveal to you your blind spot and start pointing fingers and condemn you and rub you to the ground. No, no, no. Be in community where people will say, hey, you know, brother and sister, can I say that you're actually not a good singer? You should not be on the worship team. In love, you should be on the logistics team. Hey, a logistics guy is nothing, nothing against you guys. No, no, I, bad example. You know where I'm on. You know where I'm at, right? And they help you. You look at this church, look around. Every Sunday we have around 300 people gather here. It's no longer a small church. And there's probably four to 500 people who call Sun Life Church home. I do not want you as your pastor, as your brother in the Lord, to come here and then go. Because who's going to highlight your blind spots? Only the people who get to know you, who's praying with you, who's journeying with you, who would never condemn you, but those who love you, who's in your corner, who says, hey brother, hey sister, can I share with you something that the Lord has impressed upon my heart for you? I think we can do this together. I think we can change together. We need to be in community. That's the danger. One, because it affects the people around us, and two, we don't see it. Now, let me talk about the hope. Because there's always a hope. My final point, there is a hope. Look in verse 6 again. The captain went to him, that's Jonah, and said, How can you asleep? Now get up and call on your God. Maybe, maybe, he will take notice of us so that we will not die or perish. You see, everyone's desperate, right? Everyone's crying out to their God. And uh, the sailors are saying, Jonah, can you cry to your God? Because the sailors did not know Yahweh. They, they, they don't know the God of the Old Testament. But they're so desperate, they say, Jonah, you cry out to your God and maybe he will save us because clearly our God ain't saving us. That's the reason why. If their God saved them, they would not have got Jonah. But they realized their God could not save them. So now they're going to ask Jonah, would you please cry out to your God because maybe your God would save us. Friends, Listen carefully, that's the good news here. That there's anyone here this morning that you are struggling to follow Jesus, you feel that you're 
disobedient, you feel that you're living a life of sin, I want you to know that there's a God who loves you. There's a God in heaven who's not finger pointing at you, not shouting and screaming, condemning you every time you mess up. No, that's not the God I see in the Bible. The God I see in the Bible is the same God that Jonah would say in chapter 4. Remember, you are a gracious God. You're a gracious God. You're a compassionate God. You're slow to anger, abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. He's a God who loves you and he loves me. He's a God who forgives you and he forgives me. He's waiting to redeem us and restore us if we call upon his name. That's the good news. That is the good news that I see the God in the Bible, that he is waiting to forgive you of your mistakes, your sins, your shortcoming, your rebellious nature. He wants you to know that he loves you and he is there to forgive you. Whatever you have done last year in 2023, whatever you did maybe in the first three weeks of this year or whatever you did last night, I want you to know it never will define who you are because God loves you and God wants to restore you and God wants to give you hope and God wants you to come back and he wants you to change. You know, the Bible is very clear that for anyone here who's tired, that you're tired of trying to follow God because you keep feeling you make mistakes and you feel restless and you feel heavy at heart and burdened, well, Jesus once said what? He says, come to me, all those who are tired, those who are what? Burdened, don't give up. Come to me. Why? Because Jesus is gentle. His yoke is easy and light. His heart is humble. And in him you will find rest. There's always an invitation in the gospel to come back to the table of God. And that's the good news. And I want you to know that. I want you to know that as of this day, as we begin to start the new year, you can always come back to him. Wherever you are. You may feel that you are Jonah, modern day Jonah, living and escaping God in the city of Perth. He hasn't forgotten you. He's saying to you this morning, come, come back home because I love you. I care for you. Call out upon the name of the Lord. You know, it reminds me of the prodigal son in Luke 15. And for you who know the, uh, the parable, there is a son who decides to return home. But at the very end of that parable, you know what happened? The father did not wait for the son to come to the father. The father, what, ran towards the son. Yeah. The father saw the son from a distance and he ran towards the son. And most scholars would say the reason why the father ran towards the son was the father wanted to get there before anyone else would get there to condemn the son. To say, you should not be here. You should not come back here. You've messed up. You have to suffer. You're not wanted back in this village. The father ran there first to stop the accusation. For some of us here, you're hearing the voices of people or yourself or the devil saying, there's no way back. You're too far away. You're ashamed. God doesn't want anything to do with you. I want you to know God is running to you and He loves you. There's always hope. He welcomes you. Psalms 34, 17 says, The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them and He delivers them from all their troubles. Anyone here feeling trouble? Well, God wants you to cry out to Him.
He's here to help you. Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me and I will answer you. God, I need you. God, I messed up. Are you still there? God says, I am. Come, come home. And I'll tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. And the voice of God is that I love you. You're forgiven. There's no condemnation. There is hope. There's hope. You can start over again. Maybe for some of you here, you don't know Jesus yet. And you're running away from God. And God is saying to you, come home. Start over again. Start fresh. And the language of the Bible is what? Being born again. Being born again. Start over again. There's always an invitation to come to the table of God. There's always a hope in your disobedience. God hasn't forgotten you. This is a new year, Sun Life Church. And I want to remind you that in this new year, no matter where you are on the journey of following God and you feel like you're so far from God that God don't hear you and God don't love you, I want you to know that God still hears you and God loves you and He welcomes you back to the table of fellowship. Amen. Let me pray. And I want to create a space for, for us this morning to maybe do business with God. Maybe this morning here. For some of you, you feel like, yeah, God spoke to me and I need to cry out to God. I need to come back to God. Well, I want to create an opportunity for you to receive prayer. We're going to worship God in a response song. And I'm going to invite some of the prayer and ministry people to be up here on the corner of the stage for you to come forward to receive prayer. So why don't we do that right now? Let me pray and I'll get the worship team to just to worship. We're going to respond. And if you need prayer, if you're like saying, Pastor B and I, yeah, I need prayer. This is the day that I'm going to really follow the ways of Jesus. I need help. Then you come forward. God wants to help you, restore you, and get you back following Him. Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You that there's always hope with the Gospel. Yeah, we love You. We're not perfect. We're doing our best to follow You. We know You love us. And so Lord, will You just help us, every one of us here, as we follow You closely in 2024. Yeah, bless this church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Why don't we stand up and worship? If you need prayer, there'll be people in the corner here in your own time. You come forward and they'll pray for you. They want to minister to you.